How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke, and I'm joined with Joe, of course, for the Charging Buffalo podcast. Uh, it's been three weeks. The last episode was July 1st, if YouTube tells me correctly. Uh, Joe, how have uh, how have you been since then? Well, I've uh, I've been fine, you know, keeping myself busy. I've been good. Uh, working a lot, watching The Office. You know, life is good. Mm-hmm. The Office. Not a whole lot of away. yes. The Office. I love it. It'll never. It'll never go right. away. Mm-hmm. I started watching late, but you know what? I got more time on my hands lately, and That's yeah, it's consumed my life. I've watched it. That's good. I don't know, probably a week and a half now. I'm six seasons in. Yes. It's it's a really great show. It it really is. I was uh I love it. I was watching it when it was not like big deal or anything. I was watching when it was still on the air, but <laughs> Ooh. I'm kidding. I'm I can't. I'm the office hipster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing much going on in the hockey no, world lately. Nothing at all. So that's probably why we haven't spoken to you in three weeks. But you know, yeah. I feel like you know, we just wanted to get something out there. So yeah. there wasn't a month and a half break in between episodes. Mm-hmm. We know that there is, there's always a need for, uh, for Sabres coverage during the off season. And I think uh, we are very eager to satisfy that. Cause as fans, we we've gone, I personally have gone through myself, Joe, I'm sure you have before we started doing this podcast where we were looking on the iTunes or Google play for, Anything exactly, Sabres yeah. or hockey related, but uh, I hope we satisfy the need for you guys. Yes. Even if it be, if even if it do be the dog days. Yes, the dog days of the off season. We, mm-hmm. I think we said that. There's our title right there, dog days. It's it. This is the dog days of the off season. There's no other way to put it. Oh yeah. But uh, before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that I have a jersey addiction. and i tried putting a stop to it but yesterday i just blew away 90 dollars on another jersey so Mm. wait not good i have 33 now i had i got an authentic finneganov 07 alternate jersey okay oh okay yeah you didn't tell me about this that's i i had to get it i had to get it it was just too good of a deal to pass up even though i already have i have a replica 07 alternate Briere, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try and sell that to my friend. I, um, I have a slug, um, Jersey home Jersey that I got a few months ago, uh, at a, when my work was doing a sale and I, it, it's, it's a blank. I don't know if I should put Daniel Briere, my favorite player of all time on there or, Alesh Kotalik, one of my he was he was my boy back when I was like seven years old. I loved his shootout skill. Get Breer. But if Breer, you want to be uh, different, get Kotalik. I know, but Kotalik jerseys. I can at least get the C on my uh True. Kotalik. Uh, not Kotalik on my Breer. Mm-hmm. Um then I have a blank Canadians jersey. Ooh. But it's it's not old Rough. enough to get like Wa uh maybe Koivu. Okay. It might I'll be too I'll new though. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm a real stickler for jersey. If it's a Reebok, you can get Koivu on it. Right. That's that's okay. Yeah. But what if it's the Reebok as the lettering Reebok? Mm. Cause that was like 2012. I, I, I wouldn't. That. I wouldn't. Cause that wouldn't be accurate. That. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I have four slugs. Mm-hmm. I have probably three, four sets of the jerseys they have right now. And oh, the previous what? one, the Reebok set. I don't know. I'm crazy. But I'm trying Wait, to you, cut you don't have like you don't have like two blanks of the currents and like two I have like middle whites. I have the blue okay. middle set that they wear now, the white dowling that they wear now. Mm-hmm. The Eichel Winter Classic with number 15. Oh, we got to talk about the number change as well. We didn't mm-hmm. think about that when we were talking before this. Mm-hmm. I have Eichel 15, blue and white, in the Reebok set. I had a blank blue and white Reebok set, but I gave one of the blue, one of them to my friend because oh. he didn't have a jersey because I'm a swell guy. You are uh, a very swell guy. Let me, I'm just going off the cuff here. What else do I have? Uh, I have a game-worn Philip Gogola jersey. <laughs> With blood on it. Yes, there's a blood stain on it as well. Yeah. Uh, Was he 47? Yeah. Yes, number 47, Philip Gogola. Mm-hmm. I have a Taro Sujimoto royal blue jersey. A autographed Dominic Hasek jersey. Oh, I have University of Minnesota middle stat jersey, mm-hmm. Boston University Eichel jersey, a Fralunda Dowling jersey, a Sweden mm-hmm. Dowling jersey, a USA Eichel jersey number nine, a USA middle stat jersey number eleven. <laughs> uh, I have a red butter knives Marty Baron autograph jersey. Mm. Just off the top of my head, I have many oh, many. Yeah. But you bought yes. that online, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get all my jerseys off eBay. I, yeah, if you like jerseys, eBay is your best bet because eBay's the way to go. That is the only place where you can get those vintage jerseys, and you sometimes a, you f- you can find some amazing deals. Find a forty dollars Thrasher's jersey. I've been look. I'm I've been looking for Thrasher's jerseys for a while now, and I can't really find a good deal for the most part. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. I um I have a card addiction, trading card. Addiction. Oh yes, you do. Yeah, I I have I have numerous Connor McDavid autographs that I pulled. Not numerous, I have two. Uh, and they combined to be worth twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> so then I have and a that's Patrick just now. Just wait. that's just now. Yeah, thirty years. There's a uh, Patrick Line auto. I don't know, maybe two hundred. And I have uh, I. So that's I'm very active in the hobby. I like to rip packs, sit back, relax, and rip packs after a long day at work. Yeah, I used to do cards like back in 2008, 2009. Do it again. It's so know. fun. See, I just got out of that jersey addiction. Or maybe I'm going right back you're in. Just, well, you're relapsing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can do the cards again. I have a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. That's the most mm-hmm. valuable one that I've got. It's not in the best shape though, because it was in Maybe a shoebox yeah. for about four years. <laughs> Someone okay. out there is going to hear that. That is like a diehard collector, and yeah, say it's blasphemy. It's not my fault. It's not my <laughs> fault. It's my aunt's. Okay, but anyways, shall we get into yeah the podcast? Okay. Oh yeah, let's go. So I really wanted to talk about the O'Reilly trade again because if you remember the last time. We did one of these. The O'Reilly trade broke a, probably a good five minutes before we 
before we were going to start. So, yes, you know, the shock. We, all, we know, also we had Jared head on the show. Yes, we also had Jared. That was, that, was, that was fun. If you haven't listened to that one yet, go check it out. Mm-hmm. But, yes, so if you don't remember what they got, they got Tage Thompson, a 2019 first-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick, Vladimir Sabatka, and Patrick Berglund for Ryan O'Reilly. So what are your thoughts on the trade looking back now that you had time to think about it? Sabotka for a long time has been one of my boys. I remember when he he came back from the KHL a few years ago in the playoffs and scored that double overtime goal. And he had he had a really good playoff that year, a really good series at least, and he only played one game in that regular season. Uh I like I like Berglund. It's almost like a full line that we got, so that's good. I mean, you got three guys that can replace. I mean, hopefully one of them kicks Larson out of the lineup. That's what I'm really hoping for. Uh, just to get rid of the dead weight, like Nolan uh, Puglia, who had who had some good Puglia had some good stretches last year, but I think he, he he's he's shot, but he's gone. So guys like him are being replaced. Uh, Griffith, Chris Kulo are. are out of that bottom six now because we brought in a uh, Berglund Sabotka. So I like it from a depth standpoint and an entertainment standpoint, because uh, there's a lot of new faces and players to uh, look forward to. And Tage Thompson as well. Nice young piece there. And if you remember uh, the 2010 playoff series against Boston, Sabotka was on the Bruins at that point. And if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, he was very good for them. I, he might've yeah. even scored a big goal as well. I I don't I don't remember that quite I don't remember it vividly him on the Bruins in that series but from what people said he was a saber killer in that series yes I he mean, was I, very he was very very good and yeah. then uh, now Mir- Miroslav Shatin with that overtime goal winner signed oh. after the Olympics yep mm. well imagine if, up, uh, uh, if they kept Shatin for oh five oh six that would have been nice I know if we had Shatin. I don't want to go too off topic, but I just want to say during that that two OT game where Shatan scored, when the I second OT that, that was started, so ten year old me ran up to my room and turned on the new episode of South Park because it was a Wednesday night, and I was just like, I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm not gonna sulk because I know what's coming. Yeah, that dump, <laughs> that overtime game. That I think I fell asleep when I was watching that. I remember I was watching it with my dad. I think mm-hmm. it was just. Because they were that team, it was just so good. They won the division. It was a year yeah. where we had a hundred uh, points. Miller, yeah, Miller went to the Olympics and was amazing. He won the Vesna. Yeah, he won the Vesna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myers won the Calder. That was just that was probably the last really good Sabers team that I can remember. That season, nowhere close to the Breer Drury teams, but oh you know, no, they were still a very good team. And you know what? If you think about it, that's not really far removed from. The Breer Drury teams. It's oh, not. It was two years. Six, seven. It's a couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. But that season, just one last point on this was what if, if Ryan Miller didn't have that year, then he's not like a Hall of Fame guy in my mind. Like he is. Not. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame. Oh, probably, I don't know. It might be hot. I take, think he is. I don't think. I, I think, think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I think know. he is. That's for a future episode. No, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. No Stanley Cups, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see it. There's wait, is 
didn't Chris Osgood, Chris Osgood make the Hall of Fame this year or last year? I don't think so, right? I don't think I remember hearing his name. I thought I thought I heard his name, but I I don't Chris Osgood does not strike me as a Hall of Famer. Mm. Just hey, just future episode off on a tangent there. Okay. Yeah. Uh my thoughts on the O'Reilly trade, you know, some people have called it armed robbery for either team. I think it's a good trade for it's both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blues get what they need in a top two centerman that can play big minutes, and the Sabres get what they need in players that can play now, players that can play in the future, and draft picks. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay for both teams to like the trade. I don't think either team really, you know, was the clear winner here. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Blues got the best player in the trade for now, but when you're trading a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, you're not going to be getting a player equal caliber back. So I know, I know I'm happy with it because it's weeks after the fact, and I'm still not upset. I'm still yeah, exactly. With what each team got, uh, it was very, very generous compensation, I believe, for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first-round pick is huge. Having mm-hmm. three first-round picks, that gives you multiple avenues where yeah. you can go Making our trade. They could just trade up. You can uh, trade one of them for a young scoring winger. You can trade one of them for a defenseman. Like, there's many options that the Sabres have with having three first-round picks. Now, I have to do more research on the 2019 draft i've kind of been putting that off because i've just you know i did so much going into the 2018 draft and just kind of want to take a break from prospects for a little bit but you know that's common because you know i don't think the sabers are going to be that great next year they're probably going to be about an 80 point team we'll probably talk about this a little more as we get into the episode but you know they're probably going to have another top 10 pick and then two more picks in the late teens to early to mid-20s, and that's pretty big. I know this draft is pretty deep, and there's some good defensemen in there as well. You know, a guy that I really like is Cole Caulfield. He's like five foot nine, but he is a dynamic winger, and I would love to have him. And he would look amazing alongside Casey Middlestat <laughs> or Jack Eichel, and an American as well. So Cole Caulfield, if the Sabres are picking like, eight, nine, or ten, that's the player that I'm already zeroing in on, and it's late July. Yeah, th- this offseason, Bottrell has, he's really impressed me. I, I, I regret being so critical of him during the, the Kane debacle, but he he knows how to, he knows how to play the game. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? He knows how to do it, and getting the picks, the veteran players. You wouldn't see that with Tim Murray. He wouldn't get veteran players like that. What if Tim Murray was still the GM of the team? That's what I uh, – like, remember he – in his last presser, he was like, I promise, Jack, I'm going to turn this around. Like, I want to know what was his plan. What was Tim's plan to turn this around? Because he could not evaluate defensemen. That is probably the biggest gripe that I had with him because he thought, you know – Braden McNabb, like, he's a good defenseman. Mark Pesic is a good defenseman. You know, he did trade Nikita Zadorov, but did get Ryan O'Reilly back. 
You know, he had good pieces on defense and just could not build it back up. That was my big problem with him. Dimitri oh. Kulikov, you know, it's just, yeah. what the heck, did, what happened? Because, like, if you look at what the situation is now, you know, of course it's a little different because they have Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin. It's very similar to what they had in the cupboard uh, going into like the 2014 and 15 draft, they have a lot. Of, they had a lot of picks. They have a lot of good prospects, and I'd say this prospect pool that they have right now is probably the best it's been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Of course, hindsight 2020, but like around 2013, 14, guys like Justin Bailey, Nick Baptiste, those guys were considered very, very good prospects. But of course, none yeah. of them turned out as of right now, at least. But you know, there's still some time for these guys. Uh, it's a big year for Cliff Poo, Rasmus Asplund. Uh, those guys are make, turning pro this year. They're going to be in Rochester. We need to see what they can do. I'm I'm very happy that we still brought back Baptiste and, and Bailey on one-year deals. Yeah, Baptiste, uh, Bailey, O'Regan, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Malone, CJ Smith. They got one-year deals. Kind of proved to me deals. Yeah. Now... I I'm sorry, it's a phone ring in the background, but I it, it's it's less of a problem if these guys don't produce now because of what else we have. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, because those guys were considered good, like, top prospects, guys. but mm-hmm. you know if if one of them can come up in on a call up and contribute, I don't know, fifteen twenty points, I'd be content with that. You know, right. Oh, and I just want to touch on uh, Berglund and Sabatka really quick and Thompson as well. But if you think about it, they've replaced Jordan Nolan, uh, Jacob Josephson, and oh, Benoit Pouliot with those yeah. three guys pretty much. Mm-hmm. Their bottom six immediately gets better, and I mm-hmm. think Thompson is capable of playing. I'm actually Tage Thompson because that guy, for a big man, he can skate. He can rip the puck. He's got that shot mentality that Phil Housley's always talking about when they just refuse to shoot the puck. And I decided to have, and he's he's young. He's like, I think he's probably 20, might be 21. He's 20 I'm not years sure, old, I believe. Yeah. At the time of the so trade, he's really 20. Excited. Yeah. I'm really excited about him. You know, Berglund's contract is long. I believe there's four years left, but, you know, that shouldn't be a big problem. And Sabatka is two years left, which, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like, these, if Sabatka and Berglund are on your third and fourth line, that's okay because I've been preaching this for, you know, like nine months now. You need to improve the bottom six. It Like, it's a must. And Bottrell has done just that. He's went out and got Scott Wilson, Berglund, Sabatka, make your bottom six better. And then hopefully, you know, Nick Baptiste, continues to earn a spot down there so you know on paper i think they're a better team even with ryan o'reilly being traded away and i'm excited to see what this new young core can do and that for i don't know how many years has it been six years we've been waiting for this young team to finally come up together and Bottrell has finally assembled that yeah so i'm excited i'm you know Everyone was excited going into last season. Everyone thought that playoffs were a legitimate possibility last season. Man, my God, that did not happen. 
But, you know, we were under the impression that a coaching change was the only thing that was going to change anything, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. It, it's, it's so – the youth that we have now, it's so exciting. It's yes, it's a brand very new exciting. hope. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they might not be good, but my God, they're going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I hope. They're promising. At the very least. Mm-hmm. And fun to watch. They will be, it's going to be much better hockey to watch. It's, it it yeah, reminds me of, um, it's the excitement going into the Eichel season all over again. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. we mentioned that the last episode. Yeah. But, you know, how many one, I don't remember the exact amount of one goal losses that they had, but if if uh, Hutton and Allmark, they, that's probably an upgrade over Leonard and Johnson last year. You know, if they can steal, you know, a handful of games and if they can score more goals, you never, you just never know. Like, I don't want to write them off completely. I'm just being realistic. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to get back on track, 80, 85 points, 78 to 85 points. That's probably what I would predict. And, you know, as long as they get back on track, show me that this is going to work. That's yes. what I want to see. After the tank year, Buffalo, I think they had like 81, 82 points. Show me that. Mm-hmm. Be 500 at the very least. And if you want to, you know, reach for the stars and be a playoff team, go ahead. Yeah. But just show me that we're heading in the right direction. Next I just want to yeah. be truthfully above 500. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not this, that, give me that. If my memory serves me correct, this team has not been at 500, actual 500, or above 500 since 2013, the lockout yes. year. When they won their since first game. The Flyers. The Flyers. Mm-hmm. That is... I. That's How is that even possible? I don't even understand. Like That's how bad they've been at the start of every season for the last five years. I'll tell you what. If they can just... Just give me a win against the Bruins to start the year mm-hmm. and let me go on the NHL app and see that we're in a playoff spot. I don't first care place. if it's <laughs> one day. Yeah, then. that'll be enough to get me through the first month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and my friend, we're going to buy we're buying tickets for opening night. We're going to be yeah. sitting center ice row five. We're going to spend like 500 bucks, but we don't care. How much do you think? Real quick, uh, like a 300-level ticket would be for opening night? I think they're like 40 bucks. Really? I checked yesterday, yeah. Wait, they went on sale? They're on StubHub. Oh, are they season ticket holders? I would assume so. Okay, because individual tickets didn't go on sale yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be there. Oh, baby. I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm very excited. You know. Oh, baby, that's more than doable. I do not want to get my hopes up, but my God, you know, just being there when Rasmus Dahlin is introduced as a member yes. of the Buffalo Sabres for the first Here time, I'm getting chills just crowd. thinking about it. I'm yeah. getting chills just thinking about it. Wow. Hey, he's Here's... a Sabre. Like, has that sunken in for all of you that Rasmus Dahlin is a Buffalo Sabre? Because, it has you know, not for me yet. Running our social media accounts, I've, well, the Instagram primarily, but, you know, we were using hashtag all in for Darlene for almost the whole season and just hearing they're going to lose the lottery, uh, Buffalo's cursed, blah, 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 for seven months straight. And I'm just like, oh, my God, please win it so I so I don't have to hear this anymore. 
And this is the conspiracy theory that I, I like to hear, but I don't know if anyone else is going to want to hear like to hear this, but 2013, no, 2014 and 2015, Buffalo picked second overall back-to-back years. 2016, 2017, eighth overall back-to-back years. So if that trend continues where they get the same pick two years in a row, oh, yeah. Buffalo should be picking first overall this year. So you never know. Yeah. You never know. Maybe Jack Hughes. I can. If that, they yeah. if they get Jack Hughes, if they win the lottery and get Jack Hughes, I don't know what they're gonna do because there is no chance that they're gonna be able to pay all of these players. So, right. Speaking of paying players, Sam Reinhart. There we the go. Restricted free agent that is yet to be signed. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Bridge deal, long term deal. What should the Sabres do here? We will get it done, but I am fully expecting a bridge year or a bridge deal of two or three years mm-hmm. at like five million. Yeah, I, I'm expecting a bridge deal. That's what I'm expecting the Sabres to do. But I'm hoping for a long term deal and hopefully a pretty team friendly deal. I don't know why I feel this way, but I have a feeling that they're gonna get Reinhardt on a very, very good contract probably below what he's worth. That's just my guess. And no, Calgary just signed Hampus Lindholm to, I mean, uh, Elias Lindholm. Sorry. Yeah. I got that to a six year yeah. deal. I believe it was under 5 million. So, mm-hmm. you know, and if you look at Lindholm's stats, it's not all that different than Reinhardt. They should probably, if that's probably the best comparable you're going to find Elias Lindholm for Sam Reinhardt. I don't know. But you know, if they can get him on a six-year deal at five million, that would be fantastic. If that if that's possible, of course. But yeah, I'd prefer if you're going to sign him to a bridge deal. Do not like. I think it's four. If you go to four years, that's when he can hit unrestricted free agency. So I'd rather see the two or three-year deal. So you got him at RFA one more time, and then the, I think he'd probably be arbitration eligible at that point, and then. I'd like to see, you know, a seven, eight year deal. Six years I'd be fine with, but, you know, if you can get them as here locked up as long as possible, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it'll be too long before we see a deal done. There hasn't been much news about negotiations, but mm-hmm. it'll get done. Uh, like I said, I'm not expecting anything long term at the moment. I think uh, all we need right now is just simple bridge deal. I think that's more than fair for both sides. Yeah. That's what I think they're going to do. I'd like to see the long-term deal, though. Because that's how you win, because you're taking a chance, like what Nashville does with their RFAs. They give them the long-term deal, and then people are wondering, wow, how do they have this much cap space and Mm -hmm. have the means necessary to go out and get P.K. Subban or a Kyle Turris? And that's why, because they take the chances and give – the long-term deal. So I'd like to see them give out a long-term deal to Reinhardt. And if they can get them less than five and a half, six million on a long-term deal, I would love to see that. Yeah. Okay. So now just general thoughts on the off season. It could be Buffalo around the NHL. What are you thinking? Winners, losers of the off season. Okay. Better? Well, let me start with this. I have two thoughts. Um, one, Toronto won't be as good as everyone is 
kind of hyping them up to be. They're going to yeah. be a good team. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're not a Stanley Cup contender out of thin air. There's way too many questions still. You have Tavares, you have Matthews, you have Marner, and you have Nylander and, and Kadri, but there's still the defense that needs to be helped out. You can't have a 37-year-old, 40-year-old Ron Hainsey on your first pairing. Uh, I'm not sold on Frederick Anderson. I've always been a critic of his. I think he landed a few softies in the playoffs. He's very prone to letting in softies, actually, if you if you watch his play. Um, and secondly, the New York Islanders, I don't think they're in as bad a spot. They're losing another 80 points with Tavares leaving, I know, but Barzell has them in good hands. They still have good depth. They have guys like Ladd, Everly, uh, Anders Lee, uh, who, who can still score. So I, I don't think they're going to be bottoming out. I don't think they'll be in the playoffs, but I think they'll be around the 10th place, 11th place range in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, I'll let you share you. I'll let you share some, and then I'll, I'll think because I've had a, quite a few thoughts in this offseason. Okay, on Toronto, uh, they did lose a big chunk of players, but you know, adding Tavares, that's huge for them. And then, of course, adding guys from the Toronto Marlies that just won the Calder Cup, like Andres Johnson and then a couple Durman. other guys. Yeah, Travis Dermott will be up there full-time as well. I think they're going to have another 100-point season. They're a playoff team. I would say that they're a Stanley Cup contender because having that much top-end talent and if their defense can – because their, their defense got them to the playoffs last year. They had a 100-point season with that mediocre defense core. So if they can just, you know, improve by adding guys like Travis Dermott and maybe if Timothy Lilligren slides into the lineup as well, you know, they're I think they'll be a better team, you know. I the I would say that they can probably get out of the first round of the playoffs. If they don't get out of the first round of the playoffs, that's when you probably start raising concerns and question marks start to Arise on the Islanders. I really think they're going to be a bad team. I just don't see it. That I they added Leonard, which you know that's probably going to be fun watching Sabres Islanders games on looking at yes. Sabres Twitter. Everyone's going to be roasting Leonard, but yeah, I just I just don't see it. I didn't like the Islanders when they had Tavares, and when they lose John Tavares, it's not going to be a good look. Uh, the Minnesota Wild are my second favorite team because I have family from Minnesota. And I think it's going to be a rude awakening for them. I really think this is the year where they're going to fall off a cliff. Uh, the Devils, this is a team where I think they're going to take a step back. They did absolutely nothing this offseason, and they have probably one of the most cap space. The most cap spaces. Yeah, okay, that came out wrong. They have the most cap room in the league. Very up there with the Islanders, I believe. And, you know, Colorado, I think they're going to probably fall off. I'm not sure. Last season, I don't want to call it a fluke, but, you know, I don't know. They have something to prove still, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vegas is going to fall off. If Vegas doesn't make the playoffs next year, I would not be surprised at all. Mm -hmm. You know? Same. Yeah. Well, we have generally the same feeling on that. Mm -hmm. Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators are going to be a complete and utter disaster again next year, and they're, they're going to give the Colorado Avalanche a top ten pick. I'm very excited to see that. I oh, the the leaked 
logos that yes. Ottawa sent Actually. out to their season ticket holders. Yes. Um, horrible. Horrible, except for the top three. Well, no, actually. I'd like to give five give their fans give their fans the vintage logo. I know I hate their logo that the, they have right now. Just bring back the original one. Just bring back the two D senator. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Like And bring back the black the black and red jersey. Just the, yes. the black with the red strip. I love black and yes. red. It's just great. Yes. Please. The one that do Derek Green scored on the Ottawa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please. Yes. Uh, Montreal, I don't think they're going to get much better, especially if they trade Max Pacioretty for futures. Uh, it's time to commit to a rebuild, Montreal. Please do it. Actually, don't do it. Don't do it because that only helps out Buffalo. If I may uh, interject, I think the Oilers are going to rebound this year. Yeah, I, th- I, I, think I think so, there's, too. There's just McDavid. You can't lose for that long with, with McDavid. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they I think they made some good moves too, like depth moves. They had Kevin Gravel, they got uh Tobias Reeder from Arizona because they didn't qual I mean uh from LA because they didn't qualify him. So yeah, I think Edmonton will be as bad as they were last year. And you know, a healthy Oscar Clefbaum will do wonders for them, I believe. And Cam Talbot, if he can rebound from a mediocre season last year, that'll help out a lot too. Their defense is still pretty good too. You have Darnell Nurse. I think people not that it. bad. I think people underestimate yeah. Nurse. Darnell uh, Nurse. Sekera's still there. Adam Larson, Oscar Clefbaum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Gravel. at least their top four defensemen are they're in good shape there. They have uh, Matt Benning too. He he was promising last year. Yeah, Matt Benning. I forgot about him. It's gonna be terrible. I don't know what they're gonna do with who's that sorry? those players that they have. Vancouver, yeah, they have a lot of players that they have on their roster. I don't know what if they're gonna be able to trade any of them. Uh, they're probably gonna end up losing some guys on waivers because they just have too many guys there. I don't know if you saw what Troy Stetcher said yesterday after re-signing, but he said it's time to win some hockey games. <laughs> Yeah, I just. Oh, you're a, you're a Jets fan. Do you think the Jets yes. are going to be able to replicate their success from last year? I'm frightened. Okay, um, I'm frightened that they're going to be one of those teams that kind of falls off. It's just they have so much talent. They're not like a team like the Blue Jackets where they go on that huge winning streak two years ago mm-hmm. and are tops in the East, then fall a couple spots this year. I, I think they still have the talent. Uh, I don't think they can. They they certainly aren't going to surpa- surpass Nashville this year for the division title. Um, I I think they're going to be a good team again. They're going to be a good team because simply because the breakout Shifley had an unreal, uh, certainly his breakout season last year. Uh, they still have their core locked up. I'm I'm very excited. I'm getting excited again. They're still a deep team. They still have good bottom guys like uh, Matthew Perot, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, so they still have great guys like that. Uh, Nick Patan might finally be getting into the lineup because they they clearly made room, I think, for Patan to break into the lineup instead of there was some speculation they trade him, but they got rid of Armia. Um, who else did they clear out from their bottom six? I can't think of all the trades off my head, but uh, I think. They're they're gonna be a good team. Uh either around the same spot, maybe they'll drop to like third in the central, but they'll still be top three in the division. Oh yeah, they're a surefire mm-hmm. playoff team. I'm looking at yeah. the central division right now. I don't think Chicago is gonna make the playoffs again. I don't yeah. 
really see it. Colorado fringe playoff, Dallas fringe. I don't think Minnesota mm-hmm. makes it. Nashville's a surefire team. The mm-hmm. Blues should make it, and the yeah. Jets should make it too. And looking at the Pacific, Anaheim, I'm not sure if they're a sure thing. Arizona, I this is my bold prediction. I think the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs. Okay, that's my I bold hope prediction. So. I hope so. The way they played at the end of the season last year was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I hated what they did at the draft. They passed on Phillips Zadina for Barrett Hayton, who I believe I had like 20th on my draft board. Yeah, he just didn't impress me a whole lot, but I think he's going to have a really good role. Think of how yeah, I great- like the acquisition from Max Domi as well. And I think if Dylan Strom can step in, he'll be a solid second, third line contributor. And I don't think a lot of people have been calling Dylan Strom as a bust and everything, but you know what? Should he have been? Third overall pick in 2015, hindsight 2020, probably not, but you know, that was phenomenal. He, his point production in the American League was great. And I think he's still going to be a very good player. And if Clayton Keller continues to have success, I think the Coyotes are going to be a good team someday. I'm really excited to see what they can do. And Auntie Ranta and him, I think, to a long time. So, and he had a really good year last year. I to see the Coyotes next year. I think they're going to improve as well. Hamilton, but they did get Noah Hannafin, Elias Lindholm. They had James Neal. Who else did Calgary add? Can't think of anything else on the top of my head. But I think they're going to be an improved team. They should be. Yeah, Noah Hannafin from Carolina. They should be an improved team. I think they should be. Edmonton should be improved as well talked about them earlier what are they doing when did dean lombardi become the gm of the kings again you know they keep adding these old, <laughs> older players you know they did i think the kings are a better team with Ilya kovalchuk and who else did the kings add? i can't think of it but they re-signed yeah, Audi. i think a lot of people didn't think they yes they did sign Audi to a long-term extension eight years 11 million so the kings should be a playoff team in theory, but you just never know. The Sharks are better. They have Kane. They signed him long term. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have them. Are you hoping the Sharks make the? We should Sabres fans should be hoping the Sharks make the playoffs, correct? Because they have the option to oh, defer the pick to twenty. You yeah. know, if they squeak in and then get bounced. Early in the 16th pick. Vancouver, they're going to be terrible. Vegas, I think. You, they probably make the playoffs, but do not be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Okay, the Metro Division. Carolina, I think Carolina finally gets over the hump. I, I really like what they did in the offseason. It was going to make them a much better team. And adding Dougie Hamilton, you know, number one defense. I don't know about number one defense, but certainly and Dougie Hamilton really helps them, them out a lot. And they also add Calvin DeHaan. So I'm excited to see what Carolina can do. And, you know, Peter Morozik is their number one goalie. I don't know. There's some question marks there. But, you know, what what did they get for Jeff Skinner as well? Traded before the season starts as well. The Blue Jackets are a surefire playoff team, in my opinion. I don't know if – because I think Artemi Panarin gave – like there's no more business being done after training camp. So – yeah. 
that's something to keep an eye out for. New Jersey, I think they take a step back. The Islanders are going to be terrible. Uh, the Rangers are going to be probably in the picking in the top eight or so, just like last year. I don't see them taking a step. The Flyers, I think they're going to be better. Uh, they had JVR, so he makes them a better team. The Penguins and Capitals, those teams are going to be uh, contending for the Stanley Cup again. Okay, now a little Atlantic Division preview. I think we did this last year, and this is probably one of our most listened to episodes talking about the Atlantic Division. So, you want to start with Boston? Yeah, uh, I think Boston's going to be good again. A lot of people, for some reason, think they were fluke last year. Uh, I think it was because it was because their bad start, but they're a very young team. They mix with some very good veterans. Uh, their goaltending still there. I think they're going to be near the tops in the Atlantic again. Mm-hmm. And they, what did they do? They just signed John Moore. I don't really recall any other big moves from Boston. But yeah, they're still going to be a yeah. playoff team. I think. I think the big three: it's uh, Boston, Tampa, Toronto. Those are the Absolutely. three teams that are going to come out. And then you look at Buffalo and Florida as the the fringe teams that might be able to squeak in. And then I just don't see any way how Detroit, Montreal, or Ottawa are going to make it. It's nice, it's nice I think, that Buffalo's not in that, you know, crap category anymore. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're better than, than three teams in, in the division. I think anything mm-hmm. less is a disappointment. But how else would we would it be if at the end of the year we can say we were we were technically technically two points out two point or uh, two spots out of a playoff spot if we finish that fifth? Would be nice. That would <laughs> that be nice. Great. Yeah, Florida <laughs> added Mike Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I really like them adding Hoffman. That adds some scoring to their lineup, and they signed Bogdan Kisilevich too, a free agent out of the KHL. So let's see what he can do. I, I'm interested to see if Luongo continues to have success there. I wonder if he's going to be able to take, and they signed Hutchinson too out of Winnipeg. I wonder what they're going to do because they have the three goalies. I don't know if they're going to end up waving Hutchinson or not. I think Hutchinson will definitely play um, in the AHL. They have Reimer too. Yeah. I I think it's Reimer and Longo are going to split time. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like Longo. Longo. I hope he continues to be a great Goaltender in the NHL. Man, Florida had a great year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just missed out. They missed out by a I point. Correctly. Yeah. Oh. They had I think they had that big surge at the end of the season. I don't really remember. Last yeah, season they was did. just such a blank because, you know, how bad Buffalo was. Mm-hmm. I got I want to try and forget that. Detroit. Uh they brought back Mike Green and they brought back Thomas Vanek. I just what are they doing there? I think they're they got a case of denial, if you they ask me. They will never learn. They'll never learn. Like, they're building up all these picks. They had a very last in 2018, but, like, just bottom out. They need Jack Hughes more than anything. They yeah. need Jack Hughes. Because, like, you look at what else these other teams in the division have. Tampa, they got Kucherov and Stamkos. Toronto, Matthews, uh Tavares and their other good young players. And then you look at Florida, they got Barkov. Detroit, what do they have down the middle? Dylan Larkin, I mean, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but like right. he's not anything close to Eichel. I don't even think he's 
when Middlestat hits his ceiling, I don't think Larkin will be anywhere near him. And you know, Boston's I've, got Bergeron. He's getting older, but I'm not sold on too. Detroit's surrounding pieces. I can't even think of many young guys that they have. Uh, I'm not sold yeah, on that. They have, as being, you, they have Anthony Mantha, but up right. front, they're pretty thin. You know? But Mantha was supposed to be a, a, a huge get, and he's already on a bridge deal. So yeah. they're already hoping he for didn't, him to score 20 last year or something. Mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like their defense either. The defense is no. pretty weak. I don't I don't think Dick Jimmy Kaiser Howard is, is probably their best anything. guy. He the Kaiser isn't even that good, I don't think. Yeah. But and he's signed yeah. to a very bad contract as well. So, and they have a lot of no move clauses. They're just Oh yeah. Detroit's in trouble. Detroit is in trouble. I hope you know, the NHL is better when Detroit's good, but mm-hmm. I just don't see it. And I don't think them Signing Ken Holland to an extension was the best decision for their future. Although they do have some, you know, Philip Zadina, Joe Valeno, uh, Jonathan Bergeron, and Jared McIsaac as their first four picks in the draft. That's that's great. You know, those are there's reason for optimism for the future. Yeah, that no doubt. Exactly. They need to they need to build up on their defense. Of course, they drafted Jared McIsaac in the second round. They have uh, Philip Peronic who was in the AHL last year, might be able to step into their lineup. Uh, who else do they have? Uh, I'm sorry. Guy drafted in 2016. His name's escaping me. I'm Dennis sorry Shalowski. to say this. Um, who are the goaltenders there then? Howard and uh, like Antoine Howard? Dubow? No, uh, it's Howard. Howard, <laughs> Howard and... One of those guys. No, Jared Coro left. Oh, uh, they Bernier. They signed Bernier. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, Detroit, they're a mess to me. Montreal, we, I, they're a mess. I just, you know, if Carey Price doesn't have another Vesna caliber season, I don't see how Poor Carey. they can even Poor have Carey. hope. They still don't have even a top two center. You know, Jonathan mm-hmm. Duran is good, but he's not a centerman. No. And their defense is very weak. Shea Weber, didn't he like he, – Shea Weber had surgery. He's missing part of the beginning he's of the out season. out to like December. Yeah, they're they're screwed. Montreal, it's it's not looking pretty. And you know, I like to beat the dead horse, the Ottawa Senators. I just, what are they doing? I don't know. They did nothing in the off season. Nothing. I don't even know if they're gonna trade Eric Carlson anymore. They're screwed. Ottawa is a mess. There's yeah. no other way to describe it. They are a complete and utter disaster. They're going to be terrible next year, and they're going to. Lose out on a guy like Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, or Alex Newhook for Brady Kachuk. So, yeah. enough said. And, you know, they haven't signed Kachuk yet. So, it, it's looking like he's going back to school. I thought they would probably try and leverage him to, to turn pro. Because, so, like, Kachuk can help him out now. I think Kachuk can play in the NHL at least in a top nine role. So, uh, I don't know. Especially, and imagine if they trade Carlson. That's the thing. Like, they're going to be terrible. Ah, with they, uh, it just, it's terrible because Carlson is a senator, and he always will be a senator in my mind. And just to see that owner in the way of that, a guy who doesn't even play on the ice, it, 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 it hurts me inside. It hurts my soul. How terrible must this feel for Ottawa fans? Because they have good fans. Oh, That's a great God. hockey market. It is. And, like, this is probably worse than losing Breer and Drury, although they're going to get something back for him. But oh yeah, you know this is just a horrible situation. Their ownership is dreadful. Like it's the worst 
situation in the NHL, worse than Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're in debt. The owner is too cheap to do anything on Man, the ice. Carolina you know, like, has better ownership than the Canadian yes. team. Think of that. This is, this is brutal. That's bad. And I saw yesterday Elliot Friedman said that Carlson would prefer to stay, but not in this circumstance. So mm -hmm. is Malnick ever going to sell this team? You know, does Carlson want to sign an extension and just kind of wait it out for an ownership change? I don't know, but and, like, it's just never... awful. Ever heard a bad thing about Carlson ever? Yeah. Why don't they mm -hmm. pay the man? He's the best defenseman maybe in the NHL. He's a good guy. He's a great player. He's the franchise. What is the wait for? It's like the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell. I feel like that. If yeah. we may cross sports here, like what are you waiting for? They're cheap. No, I said it last time. They're gonna offer him. They, I think it was like eight years, 10 million. Carlson's going to laugh at it. And then they're just going to tell their fans that they tried, you know, that's mm -hmm. not good enough, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, cheap it's ownership just... is the downfall of every team it happened to the Sabres. When was the last time a penny pinching team won the Stanley cup? One, you have to spend another cap uh, to win the Stanley cup. Sink. I, I can't think of any, any, I can't think of anything. Anaheim? Uh, and I maybe oh, well. I don't I don't I don't remember how close to the cap they Anaheim were. was loaded though. Yeah. They had like Pronger, the Needemeyers. They're penny they're Anaheim's a cap like a cap I mean uh, a budget team now. I don't remember. I mean maybe I mean, seven. I think Getzlav and Perry were still on ELCs. Yeah, Getzlav and Perry were still very young at that time. Solani was but only they seven. had they had Niedermeyer, Pronger, right? Like they had Solani. They they had Kunitz on an ELC, I believe, also. Um, Ooh, was he? I th well, he was young. He was young. My God, that was a long he time ago. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. yeah. Remember Rob Niedermeyer was on Buffalo? Oh, yeah, I liked him. He was a good player. He was a good player here. Yeah. I remember he was good in the preseason. I was very excited about Rob Niedermeyer. He didn't do much point-wise in regular season. Though. No, he was, a, he was a good guy to have around, though, I think, mm -hmm. on that team. Okay, Tampa Bay. Uh, they're going to be amazing. They're my cup pick. I think they're finally going to jump over the, the hump this year, especially if they can somehow get Carlson. And then we touched on Toronto earlier. I think they're going to be a surefire playoff team, maybe even can compete for the Stanley Cup. If I were to pick a juggernaut to win the cup, it would be Tampa. But, yeah, you know, the NHL, it's always somebody different. It's it's a good mm -hmm. thing. and a It's a bad thing for predictions, but a good thing for the fan. But if I were to choose... A favorite, favorite, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'm not sure who my um, dark horse pick would be. We'll, we'll save it for the season preview. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so shall we get into questions now? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, we'll start on Twitter. Curtis asks, what's the floor and ceiling for the team in points in the standings? Okay. You can start. Floor, I want to say 70. Uh, ceiling? Uh, 86. That's just what my heart, I'm going with my heart. Uh, the floor, I'm going to say 70, ceiling 85. I really don't think they're going to have more than 85 points. Okay. Next one comes from True Sabres Talk. The first players to be brought up when we have injuries, I'm interested to see some of these new top Amherst get some games this year, Olofsson in particular. Uh, I'm wondering if 
first of all, if Bailey and Baptiste pass through waivers, because if they don't make a team out of camp, they have to go through waivers to go down to Rochester. If they actually pass through waivers, I'm wondering if those two guys, along with uh, C.J. Smith, would be the ones to come up right away, or would they shift focus towards a Victor Olofsson, Rasmus Asplund, or maybe even Cliff Pooh? Uh, for forwards, at least. Forwards, I think C.J. Smith, he's the first name that comes to mind. I I, yeah. I think he's a step away from being opening night guy. I don't think he's going to make the team out of camp. Uh, I think he'll be a, a call-up guy at least. Uh, maybe mid-season we'll see him take over. That's yeah, with but, the guys that they acquired in trades, I don't know if Smith is a lock yeah. to make the team. He's probably the, either the first or second guy from Rochester to be called up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I think, yeah, if you're asking me to put an order on it, in my opinion, it would be Smith, Olofsson, uh, Baptiste, Bailey, Asplund, Cliff Pooh. I'm probably forgetting somebody. Yeah, Bailey. Oh, uh, Malone. Malone and O'Regan yeah. as well. Probably somewhere in there along with where we put Bailey and Baptiste. Uh, as far as defensemen go, Lawrence Pilot would probably be number one for me. Yeah. You know, what about Will Borgen? Will Borgen, I think just keep him down there the whole yeah. season, let him exactly. develop. I don't think he's he's probably at least another year away from being NHL ready to step in. You know, uh, Chili wants to know uh, what we think about three on three lineups. Uh, oh. Eichel, Middlestat, Dalian for one, and I don't. What what else would they have? as a second three-on-three lineup. You know, you'd have Ristolainen on the back end. Uh, I wonder if they'd split up Eichel and Middlestat. I don't want them I to, but so. I wonder if they would to kind of share the wealth, you know? Because the next center you have is, like, Gergensen's. Do you want him on, you know? I do not want Gergensen's out yeah. in overtime. So. so I think, uh, honestly, I my heart tells me, Eichel, Pominville, Dalian. Oh, I know. I no, know. I don't want. I don't want Jason Pominville anywhere near Jack Eichel anymore. I'm sorry. Like, I know. It worked at times last season, but I just do not need to see that. I'm anymore. looking. At, I, I'm not saying I want to see it, but I think that's what the coaches will go with. In, in an ideal world, Jason Pominville isn't even playing next season. That's what I'm hoping. At least it's good to have him around in the locker room. You know, for the I younger guys. I, I still but, like Pominville. When he wasn't with Jack Eichel last year, he was just invisible. I'm sorry. Like, he'll probably be playing on the fourth line if he's playing at all, and he's just not the same anymore. You know, I love Jason Pondville just as much as the next guy, but he's just not the same player anymore. I, I still want him to get a shot. I still want him to play. I think he's a good guy to have on the ice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I just don't need him with Jack anymore. Oh, yeah. Keep with Jack. I need speed. I need speed with Jack. Right. Uh, Okay, I can't think of any other three-on-three lineup besides Eichel, Middlestat. Me, Middlestat, Reinhardt, and Risto. Okay. I, that I would be fun. That. that would be fun. Or uh, Sherry. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Oh, I'd Sherry, like to see Eichel, Ristol, Sherry, and Dalian. Yeah, Eichel, Sherry, Dalian. That would be fun. Middlestat. Oh, Middlestat, Reinhardt, Risto. Those yeah. are two possibilities. I like three that possibilities. one. Possibilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we talked about power. Okay, power play units. Oh, we, we probably should have written this stuff down before we went into this, but we're going in blind. Uh, I'd like to see number one power play unit. Uh, Darlene, I think he's going to take Risto's spot on the number one power play, which will make Risto's point production naturally go down, in my opinion. But yeah, have Darlene and then Eichel playing the off wing. The problem with moving O'Reilly is you don't have that guy to play center on the number one power play unit. But I wonder if Middlestat would be able to step into that. I think you have, yeah, Middlestat center of the line, Eichel off wing, Reinhardt on the other. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you put Reinhardt in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then Opo- he... then put Opozo on the other wing. Yeah, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Well, Middlestat, or maybe put Tate Thompson on the off wing. True. I would put yeah, Thompson. Shot. Thompson he, definitely on yeah. the power play. I'd like him more on the second pairing, though. I think. I think the first yeah. pairing you got to have your big guns attacking your four forwards mm-hmm. and one defenseman. I'd give. I would like to at least see Oposo get an opportunity on the number one power play unit, you know, just to see yeah. if you can, you know, kind of spike his point production up. How great would it be to get him going again? Oh, that'd be great. If Oposo can be massive be a 50, 55 point player again, and if Alex Nylander can come up and be what we hoped he'd be by now, you know, this is a playoff team if mm-hmm. everything goes right, you know. Mm-hmm. But of course. That doesn't happen most of the time. So we'll see. But, you know, of course, Oposo has the full off season to develop again. Mm-hmm. You know, not not to develop, but, you know. Get back into the right he, frame of my brain. Yeah, he, he uh, what's the right word here? He's able to do what he couldn't do last year because he was, you know, sidelined mm-hmm. with that condition that he had. You know, he had the full off season. He can do his training. He can do whatever he did in previous off seasons to get ready. So mm-hmm. maybe he showed up out of shape to camp. You know, I liked Oposo for he he started off terribly. I'm not gonna. There's no denying it. he was awful at the beginning of the season. He kind of got back on track a little bit and trailed off towards the end. But you know, I'm excited to see if he can rebound off of a mediocre season. Uh. With the trade up for Ryan O'Reilly done, what who else? What slash who else do we need to make this a possible playoff team? They need more wingers. They need more wingers. Probably yeah. another scoring winger or two. That's mm-hmm. what I'd say. And, and then another top four defenseman, maybe two of them. Yeah, I don't think you gotta have too much defense. That's why. Mm, with three first round picks, what do they do with them? Or who could be picked with them? Although I know it's super early for the 2019 draft. So uh, with Buffalo's first round pick, it's probably a top ten pick. You know, I'm just going off memory here. I haven't done a whole lot of research, but number one is Jack Hughes. He is, in my opinion, every bit as good as Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, those American players. What he did for the U.S. national development team is was phenomenal. You know, I think he broke might have broken records if my memory serves correct. He's going to be a very good player and he was playing with the the U18s as a 16-year-old. That's mm-hmm. great. You know, he's a really really good player, talented. He's kind of undersized. He's he's undersized. There's no other way to put that, but you know, he's going to be a really really good player. That is a in my opinion a franchise center. That's just me, but you know, some people think that he's more 
of a really, really, really elite player. I think by the time the draft is kicking around, people are going to be touting this guy's a franchise player. I think mm. Jack Hughes is a franchise player. With the two later first-round picks, oh, you know, I'll mention a few more guys that would be in consideration for Buffalo's pick. Uh, right now it looks like second overall, Capo Kako. He's out of Finland. He's a sniper. Kind of I, people I've seen comparisons to Line A and uh, what's his name? Uh, Svechnikov for him. He's going to be a really good player as well. Look for him at the World Juniors for Finland this year. Uh, Alex Newhook, he's playing in the BC. No, yeah, the BCHL, I believe, with the Vancouver Grizzlies, I think. Don't quote me on that. But he's going to Boston College, I'm pretty sure. And that's why he's taking the junior A route. I haven't seen much of him yet. I've seen a couple highlights, but he's pretty much consensus top five pick. There's also Peyton Krebs, who was the first overall pick in, I believe, the 2016 WHL Bantam draft. Uh, I don't think he, he wasn't invited. To, I don't think Canada invited any draft eligibles to their summer showcase. Uh, yeah, Peyton Krebs, he's a center too. And there's a uh, Bowen Byram, who's a defenseman with the Vancouver Giants, more of a stay-at-home guy, very good defensive side of his game. I've seen him a couple times watching WHL games. Uh, those are some guys that come to the top of my mind. If I mentioned uh, Cole Caulfield earlier, he's another player that I would love Buffalo to select with their first-round pick. Uh, the later picks, you know, I'm very much against using a first-round pick on a goalie, but there's this guy uh, named Spencer Knight. He, he's probably going to be on the World Junior team this year. Uh, he's a big body. Uh, I've seen people, I think Pierre Maguire compared him to uh, Ken Dryden, I believe. So I'm excited oh, to see him. I don't, know what, I don't know what college he's going to. I don't remember. But, yeah, I'm excited to see him in his draft year. He's the best goalie in the draft. I think that's pretty consensus at this point. But I don't know if it's wise to use a first-round pick on a goalie. You know, when you have three first-round picks, you're able to do something like that. And they have Uko Pekalukinen, but and Linus Allmark. But you can you can never have too many good goaltenders in your prospect pool. And if you're picking like 27th, and then you know maybe they they probably have a very high second-round pick too if they don't move it. You know, using a, one of those picks on Spencer Knight of uh, the U.S. development program might not be a, such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Antoni Honka. I don't know. I haven't watched a whole lot of him. He'll probably be on the Finnish World Junior team. He's the brother of Julius Honka, who's a Dallas Stars prospect. Uh, not even prospect. He plays I like for them that. Now. Uh, he's a right-handed shot, Finnish defenseman. Uh, you know, I don't know. He'll probably be off the board by the time those two other first-round picks are up. But, yeah, there's him. There's also Miko Kokinen, who's, an, I think, another more defensive-minded defenseman. So there's two Finnish defensemen there. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head, but that's about it for the options for the three first-round picks. Okay, then we've spent a lot of time on this, so I'll go to some of these Instagram questions really quickly. Oh, uh, let's talk about Eichel's number switch. We haven't mentioned oh, yeah. that yet. Uh, well, let me start this by saying, if you are angry that he changed his number and say he's selfish, get a life. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Get a life, okay? My theory 
Joe, we have jerseys from this season. You have the uh, the blue and white 15s. Um, what I would say is is periodically relevant. That jersey. Oh, you don't have to get this. Is you know, newsflash. You don't gotta buy a new jersey. Okay. Yep. Th- that jersey is periodically relevant to this season. I have my winter classic. I bought the Saber Store. Has the patches. It has everything. It's 15 on it. It's relevant to that game. Okay. Don't get all sassy pants and and say he's so selfish because the people who say that are the same people who are going to stand in line to get his autograph at training camp and 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 worship him. So if if you aren't a true Jack fan, then get out. <laughs> That's what I'd say. I like it. Oh, so if you heard that bang, I just dropped my phone. No cracks, so we're fine. Good. But yeah, I agree. I have six Jack Eichel jerseys, and you know, is it annoying that he switched? You know, if you bought a brand new Adidas fifteen Jack Eichel jersey yesterday, well, yeah, you know, I would be annoyed mm-hmm. too. But you know, he wore fifteen for three years. It's not right. like it's worthless, no. and like you don't have to wear the jersey. He's not forcing you to go out and buy the new jersey. It's still yep. a Jack Eichel jersey. You can you know still it is? wear it proud. It's vintage. You know, in 25 years, you know, you're going to show your grandkids, oh, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Jack Eichel look at jersey. this, Jack. When you, when you you tell your grandson named Jack. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what it is, though? It is the people who are not as invested in the jersey culture as we are. You know, jerseys don't mean as much to them like uh, like like they do to us. Where we 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 get it, you know. There's some there's some people that yeah. get jerseys, some that don't, and it's some like like we said, it might be relevant to a certain period. It's cool because it's a throwback. To others, it's it's about money and they because they exactly. Cost. And of course, you know, people don't have some people don't have the money that absolutely. They can just, you know, I don't mean to slide on jerseys like that, but. You know, I'm not. I I'm okay with it personally. I think number nine is better than number fifteen. It looks cleaner. It's just a better number in general, in my opinion. You know, of course, Evander Kane just had to come over here and ruin it. But anyways, you know, I'm excited. You know, it's a new it's a new era starting with Jack Eichel and number nine. Rasmus Stalin is here and jumping into the first question: Will Eichel be the captain next season? Yes, he will. Jack Eichel will be wearing the C. I don't think there's any debating that. It's either he will be the captain or they will have all alternates again. I don't think there's anybody else on this team who is capable of wearing the C, besides Jason Pominville, but he didn't even have an A last year, so why would they just give him the C, you know? I think we're going to do all alternates. That's my theory. I wouldn't be surprised if they went all alternates again, but you know what? Just <sighs> just give the C to him at this point. You know? I know. I don't know. Uh, how many points do you see Ristolainen scoring? That comes from Johnny. Forty-five, I want to say. He's yeah, always forty-five would be my that. guess too. If he has a really good, consistent season, maybe fifty. But he's he's good for at least forty points. Uh, starting six defensemen. This comes from Eric. Uh, they they have a lot of defensemen on their roster. But the guarantees, I would say Darlene Ristolainen, uh, Scandella is a guarantee, Bogosian's a guarantee. McCabe. 
I don't know if McCabe's a guarantee. Really? What do you think's happened? Because maybe they'll trade him. May, you never know. Because like if he, because if a guy like Gooley comes in or a pilot comes in and presses and steals a spot, they might have to move out some of these guys. You know, Bolu. I don't think Bolu makes it. I think Gooley makes it. I do think McCabe will make it out. Although I don't think it's a guarantee. Uh, they have Matt Hunwick. Don't forget about him. I always forget about Matt Hunwick. Uh, and Casey Nelson as well. Those are a bunch of guys that will be competing together. But if I were to guess starting 6D, I would go uh, Darlene Ristolainen, Skandala, Gooley, Bogosian, McCabe. And then uh, one of Bolu, Nelson, or Matt Hunwick is the seventh guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go eight defensemen. You never know. Maybe they'll keep two extra and just kind of rotate them in game by game. I think the same, but I think if Bogosian isn't ready to go, then... I think he's ready to go. I'm pretty sure he's healthy. He's playing in the beauty, the beauty league, I believe. Good. Okay, pretty good. Sure. Then, I, oh. then I, I'd have the same thing for that. Yeah. Okay, next one comes from Josh. Who do you think has the best hands on the team? Oh, boy. Uh, I think Casey Middlestat might. Yeah, I would go Middlestat or Darlene. Darlene has some very nice hands. I think Middlestat just has... Uh, yeah, Middlestat you know what? I was going to nice say... Silky Mitts. Yeah, Silky Mitts. They don't call him Silky Mitts for nothing. I was going to say Ike, uh, he's like a step above Eichel, but I think Eichel's a step below Darlene, and then Darlene is a step below yeah. Middlestat. Yeah, I would go in that order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It would. I would go Middlestat, Darlene, and Eichel. Uh, how many games do you think Hutton and Allmark will play? Like half and half or 30-50? That comes from, what's his name? Eric. Eric asked that question. Uh, I think Hutton will play more games. It'll probably be, like you said, 50-30. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course, That's, if yeah. an injury happens, you never know. Maybe Allmark you know, plays better and earns more playing time. But you just never know. I think right. as of right now, Carter Hutton will play more games. Than yeah, I, I must. Um, yeah, I do. I still think it'll be fifty for Hutton and about thirty-two for Allmark. Ease him into it a bit. Uh, next one comes from Five Hole Hut. Uh, he asks, "Will Olafson slash Pilot make the team?" I don't think they'll make the team out of camp, but if they don't get a handful of games in the NHL next year, I will be very, very, very surprised. Yeah, they won't make the team um, out of camp. They'll be in Rochester, absolutely, but they won't yeah. be They won't be on the main roster. Next one comes from Brian. He asks, will either Larson or Gergensen get traded before the season starts? I don't think they'll get traded because why would anybody want them, number one? that If they don't make the team, they'll probably be waived and – Somebody, I would imagine somebody would put in a claim. Like Ottawa, yeah, a team that is starving for centermen, they could probably use a guy like Larson or Gergensen, especially if it's for free. But will Eugene Melnick want to pay them a million dollars? That's the real question. <laughs> Even a million dollars is too much for him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, see us... Uh, I'm not answering that question. I don't see us making any more trades this offseason. I don't they, think... I, I think they're done. They are done. Yeah. That is it. It's too quiet. Uh, next one comes from Tufto18. He asks, asks, who will lead Buffalo in points? Jack Eichel. 
Like we can say that together, yeah. right? Yeah. Eichel's yeah. gonna explode. I'm expecting ninety points out of him this season. He is going I hope. to take that next step. I'm hoping uh, for it. Most under the radar saber that comes from Steve, mm. and he believes it is Scott Wilson. Yeah. All right. Under the radar. Jeez. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to think about this. You're gonna go with Scott Wilson. I want to. I'm just racking my brain to see if there's anyone else. I'm gonna pull up the roster and look at it. Uh, I think Scott Wilson is probably one of the better under the radar guys. I'm just gonna. It depends. Check. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't know in this context what under the radar means. That's the only thing. You know, not like. Ooh, what? You know what? I'm gonna go Vladimir Sabaka. Okay. Sabaka. I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with with my boy Scotty Wilson. You love Scotty Wilson. I love. Ooh, you know what? Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez. Okay. Under the radar. I think he was Tim Murray's best signing. Yes, you know Murray did make you know for all the flack that he gets, he did make a couple of good college free agent signings, and Evan Rodriguez and C.J. Smith. Yes. So yeah, Evan Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez is going to have a good season next year. Uh, I believe he'll have to go through waivers too, along with Bailey Baptiste, but. You know, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't make the team. Right. Uh, I'm just looking through a couple more of these to see if there's any other worth addressing here. Oh, which Sabre has the biggest surprise slash breakout season? Let me think. Well, uh, surprise that. I'm going to go with, ooh, I like that. Okay. I'm going to go with Tage Thompson just so I don't steal yours, but I think Thompson's going to have a breakout here. I think he's going to really surprise people. I love what I've seen from Allmark. He's looked like an NHL goalie. Like, yes, like even going back to you know three years ago when yeah, Leonard yeah. got hurt, like he didn't look out of place then. You know, Of course, All he was right. kind of flopping around like a fish a little bit a couple of times. Yeah, but, yeah, that's right. I used to think he was a fish. But he's more technically sound now. I really like him as a goalie. I'm, I'm hoping that he can be the answer long-term. Uh, most likely to di- – I think we tweeted that out a few days ago. The most likely to disappoint on this team. Somebody that is going to take a step back, if you will. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, uh, Carter Hutton. That's my pick. Okay. Yeah. Carter Hutton is the most likely to disappoint, in my opinion. How is Hutton making less than Jonathan Bernier? He's making 275. Bernier is making three. Both on a three-year deal. That's interesting. Let me ponder this for a year or two. I, you know, I gotta go with my gut. Uh, I think Risto. Risto to disappoint. Yeah, yeah. That would not be good. I'm just no, gonna say that it would not be good. Okay, I think that's it for questions. Yeah, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Um. Yeah. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening, of course. We, uh, I'm, we'll come to you, I'm sure, a few more this summer. Uh, we'll probably hey, get I mean, a couple of guests on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're Yeah, we're in preliminary talks with pretty cool Sabres dude. <laughs> we'll get back yeah. to you on that. Uh, not player, Sabres community guy. But, yeah, Sabres uh, player. Yeah, Sabres Twitter. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, the more of these we put out, I mean, over time, that just means the closer we are to the season starting, which is fun. Two months away. We're almost there. Yeah, almost there. Two months from training. Less than two months from training camp, actually. And, of course, if you enjoyed, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL. Where can they find you? You can find me at Luke TCB. That's L V K E TCB on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And as always, we appreciate you for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.